0: K-R-C-L, South Lake City.
1: Support for Radioactive on K-R-C-L comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru.
0: Welcome to Radioactive. My name is Tamrika Shvili, and uh, tonight we're doing radioactive series, Music Meets Activism, in which we invite a creator, doer, activist, and ask them to share some of their favorite songs with us. So, tonight I have Case Johnston with me here in the studio. Uh, Case lives in Ogden. He is a writer, he is the author, of acclaimed novel, Let the Wild Grasses Grow. And it is published by Tory House Press, I believe last year. He'll tell us more about it. And he writes a lot. He does lots of different things. He even has his own podcast. But I'm just going to let him introduce himself. And first of all, welcome to Radioactive.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me. When you invited me, I thought this is so much fun. And uh, I'm Case Johnston. And the crazy part about it is I'm we're talking about music and I'm actually at the heart of writing this collection of essays that focus on music throughout my life and kind of that free associational look oh, at how music. Timing, yeah, then. no. And so I was like really thinking about it. I was like, this is, this is kind of, um, r- coincidental. Um, and so I've really been in that kind of headspace of like, well, I, this band really speaks to me really well. And, and asking the question why, and, and it does it is is it place based or is it time based is it relationship based, um, so I was eager to jump on.
0: Yeah, actually, it's it's been really fun reading your list of your favorite songs. Mm. Um, and I love your stories. And because we, we jumped into the music, let's just hear one of your favorite songs. Um, for example, you mentioned Radiohead, mm-hmm. How to Disappear Completely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of a sad song it's a lonely song but maybe you see it differently i don't okay i
1: see it well i see it as and so when i came up with these i mean i have songs that are probably more of my favorite i have songs that i listen to more now some of them were in my past more but i wanted to find a theme so i could narrow things down so i could actually pick five and so these are all kind of place-based narratives or place-based songs that remind me of some either place physical or place in my life um and with this song from Radiohead, I did my first writing internship in 2001 in Dublin, Ireland. I had just finished school and I'd got to, to go out there. And I was with this program and they had found a house for every other student except for me. So they put me in this cloistered convent where you couldn't talk to anybody and you couldn't leave your room. And so... I was laying there with my disc man, you know, in 2001 and Radiohead was playing and part of the song, and I felt really lonely. I felt never, I'd never felt that disconnected from family and friends in my entire life. I was across the ocean. I, you know, I, I was the only person they couldn't find a house for. And I had, I was, I ended up having to do that on my own and living. Why me? Why me? Yeah. Yeah, And then they put me in this like nunnery, you know, and I was like, this is kind of crazy. And so I'm laying there listening to that song and there's a line in it and it's 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 it says i float down the liffy and i and it is a sad song and i was feeling that sadness and then i thought to myself it was almost it was really kind of out of body because the liffy was only three four blocks from where i was amazing i right? was trying to go to sleep under this massive crucifix you know <laughs> um and so that song's always stuck with me and it's one of those ones that you know you you can't it will always have that association you know i think some songs can change associationally love songs right they can move between different partners um but that song will always have that kind of associational tie um and so that's why i picked that one because it was just it's it's just so it reminds me of that one time in my life where i finally got away you know but but it was not easy it was it was lonely
0: here we go radiohead how to disappear completely That was How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead here in the studio with me. I have Case Johnston, who is a local writer, and uh, by local, I mean Ogden, but I think we could say local, right?
1: Yeah, local Ogden. Okay, good.
0: Yeah. Local to- I love your love, I mean, I actually don't know that you love Ogden, yeah. but from um, kind of writing back and forth with you, I got the sense that you really love Ogden,
1: I do I am a huge (laughs) I wasn't imagining I am a huge ogden apologist like I left for 20 years and I never when I left in 98 you know we came back in 2013 so 15 years or whatever it might be I never thought I would move back to Utah, and especially not back to Ogden. Uh, I, you know, I lived in Ireland and Dublin, or Ireland and Germany and India, Indiana or Illinois and Washington State and Kansas. Wait, India
0: too, or you meant no, Indiana? In, oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I meant <laughs>
1: Illinois, not India. Uh, maybe someday. Um, and I never thought I'd come back. And um, when we decided to come back for family, because my son was young and we wanted him to know his grandparents, um, we. We had lived in Salt Lake together for like in 2002 and 2004, but in 2013, like we went went to the art stroll in Ogden, which was kind of budding at the time. It's not what it is now. Like now, it's it's so fabulous. It was budding, and we had left my two year old son with my mom, and we went down 25th Street, and um, we walked around and we had wine and we looked at art. And my wife and I, and the mountains were right behind us, and we just kind of thought to ourselves, like. This, this is where we want to kind of raise our son. This is the place. This is the place. No, yeah, this is the <laughs> place. And um, the art scene since then has just grown so much. And that was one of my things coming back to Ogden was, I, if I'm going to come back, I want to do something. And so I did everything and up until the pandemic to possibly just grow literary art specifically because – other arts, especially with the art strolls, art strolls, it's really easy because they take up space. You know, you have you have visual arts that are paintings, and you have music that have stages. But literary arts are really hard to give. They're, a spot. they're almost like
0: more demanding, right? They, like yeah. people have to listen. They have to
1: listen, and they it's not so easy to walk by and just yeah. look. And so I was on the arts committee for Ogden for four or five years, and that was my goal there. And um, you know, I just. Uh, that was that was a big part of it. It was just like, let's what can we do in Ogden? I, like I said, I think Ogden's the best city in Utah. That's so uh, cool. I, yeah. I
0: mean, I like Ogden too. I don't have the love for it just because I don't know yeah. it, you know, the same amount. But it is, I feel like, for me personally, a little bit unexplored. And mm-hmm. I'm always, it's always on the back of my mind because every time I go there, I have a great time. And yeah. I think it's actually in some ways much more interesting yeah. than Salt Lake. Sorry, Salt Lake Goers. But uh, yeah. Sorry, there's Salt something Lake. about it yeah. that's like a little bit edgier or something. But anyway, I, think I think has, know you love Ogden.
1: I think it has a lot of, f- a bit more flavor. Yeah. In so many ways, Maybe. you know, and I just, I, I, yeah, I dig it. So yeah, but I, I can could talk Ogden all I could also. tell, <laughs> I could tell.
0: And we will talk about Ogden again, but I do want to talk about your books so, sure case you are you're an accomplished writer I mean I will not list all things but you've published a lot you've published in all kinds of uh, journals literary journals you've uh, you've written few books but I want to um, kind of talk about your latest book uh, mm-hmm. the let the Wild Grasses grow and again it's published by Tory House press in 2021 um, I can read what it's about but why don't you tell us what it's about
1: sure absolutely this. Th- um, you know, I never saw myself as a novelist. I never took a fiction course. Um, I've always been an essayist, a nonfiction writer. And so if you read my nonfiction, most of my stuff that's – well, half of the stuff that's published is about my – uh, my Hispanic grandparents, my Mexican American side, and it's about identity. And it's about this whole group of people in New Mexico who that area of the country who had never been claimed by anything, you know, it was native, and it was Spaniard, and then it was Mexico, and then it was the States. And it's like 400 year identity crisis. And my grandparents really fell into that. And so and then me two a generation removed from that. Um, and so I was ri- I always write about them. And, and food is so important, you know, culturally. The food is just at the heart of culture and history and family. So I was writing another essay about my grandpa, how we used to go. He would plant and harvest chilies, and he, he would bring his grandkids. And we would always go and harvest those chilies with him. And it was such a great day. Um, and so I was writing another long essay, 4,000-word essay about chilies. And I just started thinking then like because they didn't talk much about their youth in rural Colorado and northern New Mexico and I thought you know what was what would it be like with his dad or with his you know grandpa grand harvesting chilies in that area and from there I just started thinking about you know what was their life like you know what was their life like in rural Colorado um, in the 1920s uh, during you know, the Great Depression right uh, before the war. So this is a reimagination. The book is a reimagination of my Grandma Cordova Chavez uh, and Grandpa Cordova lives um, in that part of the country and then kind of imagining what would happen to them if they had the opportunities that I've had because I've had so many opportunities, okay. you know. So uh, it's
0: kind of based on your it, history, it is. family history. Stories. Yeah,
1: it is. And so it follows them um, through those things that happened there I mean in that in that generation you know um the depression uh the dust bowl world and world war 2 and kind of reimagines what would happen if they had those opportunities um the plot line really follows my grandpa's life he was actually went to world war 2 was a cook in the army all of those kinds of things but with my grandma she never really had a shot you know she was so smart um and always would tell us kids you're so much smarter than us but um She was always so smart. So I was wondering, what if she had an education? What if she didn't have to drop out of school at sixth sixth grade and and work, you know? And so that's where it stemmed from. And so it's these two stories of two people separated when they're young um, uh, through a tragedy. Um, And I don't know how much you want me to tell you about that, but you guys buy the book. I want people Uh, to buy the the book. book. Through a tragedy. And then they kind of weave their lives together until, I mean, throughout those crazy parts and in kind of our southwestern history um, and, and and in the world, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually got the book, but it just arrived, so I only had a chance to read parts of it, and it seems like there's lots of, like, themes of the West mm-hmm. and geography and wildlife yeah, are, are those themes, because I don't know your other writing, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to know your other writing, um, now that I, I'm going to have a chance to yeah, speak sure. with you, and I've read the excerpts, but is are those the themes you go back to often, or was that kind of a new exploration for you?
1: N- no, I mean, I think growing up here, I think place is so important, and it shapes us as people, I think the desert shapes us as people, I think the Great, great Salt Lake shapes us as people, I think... Um, Ogden shaped me as a person. And so it's always been this mix of, my writing's always been this mix of where do I belong in this world? And a lot of that world is the natural world, uh, because we are so lucky here in Utah, you know, where we are in Ogden, we we are five minutes from being in the mountains. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a lot of my writing is really place-based, identity-based and nature-based, um. Just because of, I think, growing up in Utah, growing up in the West and recognizing that, you know, uh, you we are not just, you know, we are not just here outside of the environment, but we're part of it. And we're seeing that now with the, with Great Salt Lake and we're seeing that now with the drought. And this rain is absolutely fabulous. So, yeah. Right? It's yeah. nice yeah. <laughs> to be doing the interview during the
0: rain. Yeah. Talking about geography and place, one of the songs that you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, Dills was another geography Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Neil Young, mm-hmm. Thrashers, and um, tell us tell us why you're attracted to this song. Um, you mentioned Kansas, but t- yeah, tell us why you picked that particular song.
1: Sure. Uh, the first time I was actually introduced to Neil Young, I was in graduate school in Kansas in like '99, and I don't know how I got to Kansas. Um, I think. What on, do you mean? Well, I think it was honestly it was the only graduate program that accepted okay. me in, in creative writing. Uh, everyone else. We're like well he's you know and look at you now. I know right I look know that's what know. I tell people um and you know I, I remember sitting in a basement with somebody and he had brought out Neil young on like vinyl and you know we had had a few drinks and I felt like this is the one of the coolest moments of my life and this but this song specifically Thrashers um I had uh was had moved back to Utah and my wife was defending her master's thesis and I, to be wife, um, we were just dating at the time. And I said, I'm just going to jump in the car and drive to Kansas so I can be there for her. And on the way home, you know, on the way home, I was driving over Eastern, Western Kansas and Eastern Colorado, which is the flattest land in the entire world. And literally watch the sunrise as like as neil young was saying i'm watching the sunrise and there's thrashers and i was literally watching the thrashers i love that you have all this moment well and that well and i've kind of been i almost wrote wrote this in an essay like yesterday that i would think i was 26 at the time and i thought you know this is a moment in life that you're make yourself remember forever because you know you're, you're 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 out here you're driving you're alone you're enjoying being alone and you're watching the beauty of the sunrise and then somebody's singing about it at the exact same time and you know the crazy part about it is that you're 26 you think I'm gonna have so many more of these moments you know but sadly you don't like moments like that where everything just comes together and it's so beautiful uh it again it has it too has stuck with me just like the radiohead song That's kind of why I picked these songs is there moments in life that I just um that just when I hear them, there's nothing else I can think about except for that sunrise, those thrashers feeling alive, feeling in love, you know. Um, it's a great going, song. And going home. It's a, it's a wonderful song. Neil Young's one of my absolute favorites.
0: Let's have a listen. Neil Young, Thrushers.
1: They were hiding behind hay bales, still don't understand. That was
0: Thrushers by Neil Young. In the studio with me at Radioactive, uh, we have Case Johnston. Case Johnston is a writer, he resides in Ogden. His most current book is. Let the wild grasses grow. It's published by Tory House Press. You publish widely. Mm-hmm. you've uh, let's see, you've published many literary journals. you've written a few books. you uh, you were or maybe you are still literary chair for the Ogden City Arts Advisory Committee. You were named Ogden's 40s under uh, 40 under 40. that's right. Mm-hmm. And it was like a week before you well, I, yeah I, I slid in. I yeah. remember yep, mm-hmm. I read that. But on top of all of this, you um, have your own podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Tell us, it's called literally.
1: Literally, yeah. I we tried to come up with something better, uh, like but it. we it's like, good. but it's the capital L I T literally. Um, I think I think Rob Lowe has one that's called literally as well. So you know, I mean, you could listen to his and all his followers too. But uh, yeah, it's a podcast that started kind of really. I really wanted to just highlight Ogden writers. Okay,
0: Ogden specifically. Yeah, yeah, that
1: first year, I think we only did Ogden writers just because I really wanted to. My goal with it is if they, if any writer, if I can give any writer one reader, I feel like, you know, I've succeeded. If I can give them 10, that's more than success, especially for writers who aren't published out of New York or who are published by smaller publishers or who self publish. Um, If I can give one writer a reader, that was the goal um in the beginning so i think the first year we mostly just had ogden writers which you'd be surprised how many there are um but then we ran out of ogden writers uh so okay. the, for the last four or five years we've we've branched out and we interview right we've interviewed writers from um from china from thailand from okay. all over you across the united states yeah yeah and so um and it's really, really enjoyable. And I get a lot of free books and I get to read them and I get to talk about writing. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's super enjoyable. Uh, it's, uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's one of those things where you love it so much, but sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I'm behind and I've got to do another podcast. But when I sit down in the, and either if they're face to face or if they're virtually, it always feels like, yeah, this is really cool And to listen to it later. And to have one of them say, well, somebody found my book through your podcast, you know, that's, that's, that's a weird. I
0: loved it. I actually listened to it um, a couple of days ago, and then again today, mm-hmm. and it was great. And I, I, I love um, the form of radio that takes a little bit of like time, and there's actual conversation, mm-hmm. um, especially where it's just so inundated was like really quick news that has little depth. And I understand why that happens because sure. there's so much going on, yeah. but. Uh, but it was really nice. Tell our listeners how they can find it.
1: Sure, you can. It's on. You can. I would just Google Banyan, the Banyan Collective, B A N Y A N, literally, and it'll it'll pop right up. I believe it's Banyan Collective slash literally uh, awesome. online. And uh, and the Banyan Collective has a lot of different great podcasts too. So I would suggest to check them out.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about Banyan Collective. Connect- mm-hmm. So from what I understand, those podcasts. A lot of them, if not all, are mainly uh, they're recorded in like a vintage trailer. Yeah, is that right? right and it's yeah. parked like somewhere in Ogden. Yeah, and, so, yeah. So tell, there's, tell a, us more. there's a
1: well. It started with b- Van Session, my friend Brandon, who produces all of my stuff. He started it with a 1970s. van. He's gonna love this plug. He started with a 1970s van, and he's parked it out in front of the Union Station, and hooked up speakers from the inside, and have had bands playing in the van and so like during the first friday art stroll like when i was on the committee this was one of the things that we did and so he would just have the speakers outside the van and they would play in the van and then he would interview them and so people could walk by um now there's this great space in ogden called the monarch which houses probably 50 places for artists of all kind and so what he did is he pulled in an old trailer and made it a sound studio. So we would do all recording in Banyan One, the the trailer that's inside this little pod inside of a Amazing. building. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Um and so we actually restarted recording the audiobook for Let the Wild Grasses Grow there last Saturday. So that yeah, it's it's super cool. And anytime you want to come to Ogden everybody, uh, Van Sessions plays every Every first Friday stroll, okay. And so now what he Fantastic. does is he pulls that old van in to the Monarch and then opens up a, a big, um, what do they call a big, what am I thinking about, garage door. Okay. And just yeah. then puts seats out there and you listen to the bands and it's super cool. And it's
0: is a, that Tan Van? That's, that's the, the Tan that's Van. That's a nickname. Okay. Yeah, the Tan Van, yeah. Okay, because I was researching and it looks super cool and yeah. interesting. And yeah, I, it doesn't go
1: that far. Like I told him right. we need to like travel and like start interviewing people, but he, he's a little bit nervous. It won't. Make it outside of the city limits. So it
0: seems like he's already taken a few risks. I bet he could. Take yeah, that I think it. so
1: too. But it's really, really, really fun. Awesome. Yeah. Okay,
0: another good reason to go to Ogden.
1: Always a good reason to go to Ogden. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Talking about music, good mm-hmm. music. Um, one of the songs, another song that you picked is "Lifeline" mm-hmm. by Ben Harper, and it's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. I know this song. Um, also kind of to me at least sad song or yeah. Like a, um, but. Tell us, what's your? Why did you pick that song?
1: Um, the beauty of it. I mean, I've been Ben Harper fan since I'm you know ninety five, um, and followed him all the way through, through his career and seen him all over the all over the country. Even saw him in in Ireland and stuff like that. And but this song to me, it's not. This one's not that sad for me. Uh, this one and. I actually, this is, this was that song, like I have a few glasses of wine and, and that's the one I put on Facebook, you know, like, right, oh, this is, right. you know, this is the one I share. And my mom's like, are you okay? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually fine. This song doesn't make <laughs> me sad. This, you know, cause I know the lyrics are like, you need a kind lifeline. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but, um, I, I just, this, this is the song that gets me into that headspace, you know, when I'm alone, that feels, uh, I just feel really, really, really content really content really happy and, and the beauty of it i could just listen to his voice over and over and over again with lifeline but that's the one at late at night where i kind of turn on and or find on youtube for search for three hours and look for live live uh recordings of it um because it's just yeah, i think it, the beauty of it at it, it, it's heart, yeah
0: well we don't have a glass of wine in the studio No, i know no no no, no. but yeah but let's have a listen to lifeline by ben harper
1: Life is much too short to sit and wonder Who's going to make the next move? Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's love promise and application process at markmillersubaru.com.
0: Big thanks to all of the donors that contributed to our listener challenge grants. That includes our amazing board, the wonderful High Fidelity Club, and listeners just like you that donated before the drive. We couldn't have done it without your support. So thank you.
1: Hey, Shell and Eric here. We're fresh off an adventure of visiting some of KRCL's biggest fans at Utah's, hmm, the world's most mysterious paranormal ranch. That's right. You've seen the TV series, read the books, listened to the podcasts. Now you get to hear from a couple of B-Squad radio personalities geek out in and around the ranch we visited a couple weeks back. We are taking over radioactive on Monday, October 31st, Halloween. Did we go through a portal? Did we see a UFO? How did we get there? Did we all make it back? And why were there so many doll heads? Tune in to find out the answers to these questions and more. Halloween night from 6 to 7 p.m. on your community radio station, 90.9 FM, KRCL.
0: Welcome to Radioactive. My name is Tamrika Fetisashvili. Case Johnston, who is a local um, author, is in the studio with me tonight with his Music Meets Activism series. We're talking about some of his favorite music and definitely his writing and his other pursuits like podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back to your book just one more time. And sure, I, I didn't, anytime. <laughs> I didn't tell you I was going to ask you to do that, so maybe it's putting you on the spot, mm-hmm. but I would love to hear you read something.
1: Sure, Any sure. Part, I can um, find something. I
0: know, I should have asked you before, but... Maybe it'll be interesting if you just randomly open it. Yeah, I mean, um, but where was if, I in the book?
1: Like, where did I have this? There so we go. See.
0: While you're looking, let me yeah. tell the listeners. So the book is called Let the Wild Grasses Grow. It was published last year by Tory House Press. Cage uh, Johnson, he's written a um, few books. Cast Away, I believe, is another one. Um, and I think there's a few more. And I know definitely you've published in um, a bunch of uh, literary journals, but... Uh, He resides in Ogden, and I believe working maybe on a new book currently, but Let the Wild Grasses Grow is reimagining of his Mexican-American grandparents' lives Mm. during the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, the World War II, and the... Novel was recently named a finalist, I believe, for the High Plains Book Awards and long listed for reading the West and named a coveted Women's National Book Associated Great Reads for 2022. So, congratulations. on oh, all of that!
1: Thank you. The my, my the 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 WNBA, I say I just, I just won a WNBA award, awesome! Uh, but congratulations. Um, that one floored me. That one would, so far was just honestly, um, I was like. Like if I don't like if the high plains book award if we if I'm just a finalist. Not just a finalist. I'm so excited to be a finalist. Like yeah. that's huge. But winning reading w- winning that book award from the Women's Book Association um that's really precious to me. It really, Tell really us is. Why. well, I mean it means that like as we said before like Della in the book is based on my grandma. The plot line really follows my grandpa's life but it doesn't follow my grandma's life, but the character in the book, she is my grandma. I mean, she is foul-mouthed and witty and smart. And um, so that means they must—they they really must have loved her, yes. I, f- I feel like. And
0: maybe they connected to your love
1: right. of her. Or, so yeah. I feel like that to me, I don't know if, I mean, that's that'll, that may just be my, if I never win another award for another or anything um that that'll that'll always be always be really really special to me for that's that amazing. reason and to be recognized by women that's 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 always been something that I take pride in and um that my grandma would would be proud of that the matriarchs of the family would be really really proud of because my Cordova Chavez family is is they all are it's a really strong matriarchal family and I'm that's who I look up to in life and so Um, Anyways, uh, let me find something to read. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm sure she would love, especially the way you spoke about her, that she didn't really have as many opportunities, right, as your grandfather, which is often generational, of course. But, um, yeah, congratulations on that. And I can absolutely see how that would be really special. We are, um, you're listening to uh, Radioactive. Uh, We are talking with Case Johnston, who is a local author. Uh, he's going to read for us from Let the Wild Grasses Grow, which is his latest uh, novel published by Tory House Press.
1: Okay, I'm going to read from chapter four, and this is from John's perspective. And John in the book is obviously, he's, he's, he's uh, mirrored after my grandpa Cordova. Um, and this is the day that, and as I was saying earlier, that this, this came from an essay about chilies. About being in the garden with my grandpa harvesting chilies, and my agent actually cut like a, like six thousand words that of chili stuff
0: because oh then there's still you still, let, you let them still, huh? yeah
1: there's still three chapters full of chilies, um, but it's 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 special to me. So John 1930. On the Friday after we strung the chilies up in the sun, my father walked through the door, his face covered in dust and exhaustion, just like every week. Cores, he said, hand me a cores. My mother placed a cold beer on the table for him. He showered and threw on his cut-off shorts and an old shirt that he got during their honeymoon honeymoon in Mexico City. With a wave of his arms, all of his kids sitting patiently on the couch in anticipation, he ushered us outside. Just like he had prayed to St. Fiacre, to the Lady of Guadalupe, to St. Joseph, we all, together, prayed. Always in Spanish, always together. Let's pull them, he said. His voice rose up like a preacher talking to his congregation. Pull them. Then, slowly like we'd been taught, we reached for the edge of the strings, pulled them off the laundry lines, two of us, two of us for each string of peppers, and dropped them gracefully into woven baskets. Mama and Papa slid their hands along the strings until all the peppers fell freely on, on top of each other. Mama brought a p- big mortar and pestle made of lava rock out under the dirt beneath the laundry rope and placed it next to the chili baskets on the ground. We all sat on hand-woven wo- hand baskets, except for baby Paolo, who ran around as like a bee circling a, a hive, trying to get in. He eventually found a spot next to Manuel and plopped down on the hard dirt to watch the family work.
0: Thank you very much, that's Cage Johnston. He uh, just read an excerpt from Let the Wild Grasses Grow, uh, the book uh, was published in 2021 by Tory House Press, available now for mm-hmm. purchase. Uh, the novel is reimagining of his Mexican-American grandparents' lives during the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, World War II, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit when I was uh, kind of reading parts of the book, mm-hmm. it seems like you also theme of racism mm-hmm. kind of uh, frequent, or at least a couple moments that True. I... Um, Couple pages that I had an opportunity to read. It just arrived. It arrived late. Yeah. I was trying to read it before yeah. the interview, but I want you to talk to me about that. Sure. Is that something um, that you were re- reimagining at that time, or was that at all part of your life as a kid? To do you remember some of those?
1: This is from their stories. This is from my grandparents' stories, and this is from um, you know this idea of you know. And you talked to my mom about it. You talked to my grandma about it, and my grandma has this story. Um, this is a little off subject, but I'll get back to it where, you know, this assimilation in the 1950s and the 1960s. And so my uncle Ernesto, who Ernesto is actually my, her brother, my aunt, my, my Della, sorry, Della's brother in here, uh, that, so my grandma and grandpa were raised in Spanish speaking households, um, but said that they would never let their children speak Spanish because it was a, it would be a detriment to them in Utah in 1950, 1960 um, and so, you know, the language just was completely cut out. Mostly when my grandparents got old, they, like when my grandma got dementia, she ended up speaking Spanish a lot mm-hmm. more because she was going back to childhood. And when they fought, when we were kids, they would fight in Spanish. Uh, but my grandma has a story uh, um, that she told me when she was getting older about how, you know, that, you know, they were always kind you know there was always racist, racism there um that they had heard words you know spick and stuff like that that were directed at them growing up um and um but the story that hurt her the most and um and i've told my mom this so she can she knows it i've written about it so she knows it too is that my my grandma and it goes back to food like we were talking about earlier my grandma would send my aunts and uncle to school in ogden after they made it my grandpa was in the railroad so the railroad took him here um, you know, with beans and tortillas and chili and stuff like that, and they would, she would watch them go out to the school bus and just toss, toss the food under the bus and get on, and just mm-hmm. kind of say, like, you know, let we don't, we want to, that doesn't help us. I think that would probably be the word. Assimilate, a which assimil- is such an right, ugly word. But, right? Yeah. But that's and the, you, know, you know it is it is an ugly word, but I understand so. it too. It's I like you know this is Utah in 1950 and I think it's about, I think it's about survival. And, and um, so, yeah, so a lot of that comes from stories, stories from them, you know, me personally, no, you know, there, I'd only had one thing in my life. um, And I used to write a column for the Standard Examiner um, called Top of Utah. And it was about just about Ogden and, and, you know, living in Ogden. And at one point, I, I had written about how during during my college years, I did some drugs and, you know, of course, a long time ago and that I was mixed race and that I was, you know, I was, my dad was white, Caucasian, LDS, and my mom's side was Cordova, Chavez, you know, and... And the only, you know, the only thing that I've ever seen it in my face was on the comment section, which you should never read if you, if you're a writer, never read the comment section was, you know, people that somebody started changes calling me a half breed, you know, why is this half breed reading for, for writing for the Young Standard? And then to me, I was like, I'd never lived that life in the sense that, you know, I was, I was very fortunate that, um, that I didn't, I didn't live that life, you know? And, um, and so at, at one point I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's deep rooted stuff that, you know, right. that I was just sharing the story. Um, but the stuff in the book came from my grandpa's stories and my grandma's stories that way, yeah.
0: We, um, I know you are a father, mm-hmm. a proud father, and I wonder how, like, is heritage your heritage, and I'm sure your wife's heritage as well, because I, I don't know what that is, but your mm-hmm. personal mm-hmm. heritage, how does that play into your you bringing up your own kid? Like, is that a big part of... Kind of parenting, or do do you kind of associate less? Was that part of your family?
1: That's a really hard question um, because obviously I've struggled with identity my whole life. You know, um, um, you know, I mean, I could pass as anything, to be honestly, and uh, to be honest, and so I've struggled with that because growing up, we didn't know my dad's side of the family, the Johnston side. Uh, we lived like every day with the Cordova Chavez side where every Sunday was beans and tortillas and it was food and it was family and it was Catholicism and it was, you know, it was this very Hispanic upbringing on my mom's side. Um, But at the same time with the surname like Johnston and you know, um, um, that you would, I mean, pass me on the street and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that I even had Hispanic heritage most of the time. unless say something. It's a that's a really hard question because my son is, blonde haired blue eyed, and it doesn't have to do with, you know, skin color or, 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 or hair color, but I want him to remember, I want him to have a connection to my mom. He does has a great connection to my mom, but I want him to have a connection to my grandparents because I, you know, I lived half my life at their house. I was, th- their house was my second home. Um, and so I want him to to feel that and know that Uh, and that's as far i don't know if that's as far as i can go but it's going to be exploratory as as we go like we named him his middle name is diego because you know on my grandpa's side it's his middle name is alfonso and we thought maybe alfonso uh but we like diego because my middle name is a d and we thought oh that's and he at the moment my son doesn't he doesn't love it he thinks it's strange and so we're gonna have to have those conversations and those things change sometimes yeah yeah know? they change yeah. I have
0: a child who loves her name now but she mm-hmm. did not love it for a long yeah. long time so
1: yeah it's a that's a really hard question and I and yeah. I'm sure I don't know if you listen to the podcast with Paisley Rekdal, our previous poet laureate who's yeah. just such a great she's fabulous um and we had long discussions about that and about where is what's appropriation and where where can we go with it and what, at what point, at what the point yeah. yeah. and so, I mean, if anybody wants to check out that podcast, Paisley Rectal, it's one of the podcasts where I, you know, I just sit back and listen because she's brilliant and there's no reason to interrupt her. You know, she's just that, she's that brilliant.
0: Yeah, yeah. a lot to learn mm-hmm. and think So about. much
1: to learn, yeah. Like an hour with Paisley and you're like, oh, I think I'm smarter. You know?
0: Talking about learning mm-hmm. and your kid, mm-hmm. but less about heritage. Yes. Um, I was laughing really hard because you were describing – Um, Actually, let me just say this part. Mm -hmm. There was one article that Mm -hmm. you wrote that went viral. Yes. And this article happens to be called, I believe, A Sincere Thanks to Taylor Swift from a Nearly 40-Year-Old dad Who Hates Pop Music. Right. So before and you know now our listeners know we'll be listening to Taylor Swift right. in just a second yeah. and they'll probably some of them hate you for it. well I know. Um, I know.
1: I I do too.
0: <laughs> but tell us it's a great story. It's a it's a great story. Yeah,
1: I don't like pop music. Um not you know um and it's been well it's been a long time obviously we have another song in here that's pop but from like the 1980s where it's a different story. Um Yeah, so I wrote this article. It was about this moment where I was working a lot, and but I got these moments to drive my son home from school, and he wanted to hear that song, uh, "The People Say," the People Say song, and he just kept repeating. He was like three, so you know, he I want to hear that song, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what the People Say is, right? And you know, I had to turn off my Nico case or you know whatever it is I was listening to that he's not a huge fan of, and.
0: I love that this is even like he's 3 right yeah, he's at
1: three. this point. Yeah, <laughs> he's 3. And and I'm like, okay, fine. Well, let's let's be happy. And so I texted my wife and I said, "What's the people saying? And she's like, "Oh, that's that's Taylor Swift's Shake It Off." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, you know, I guess so. Where is it?" And she's like, "It's in the front, it's in the glove compartment. It's on a CD you can actually put it in there." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So we started listening to it and, you know, he it was one of those moments. It was one of those moments in life where you're like, "Hey, I'm a dad and, and I don't listen to Taylor Swift, um, but I will do it for my son and I will do it because he's back there singing the song and he's happy as could be. And he's three and I'm not going to judge him for his musical tastes, you know, um, they've grown, I promise they've grown. Um, so yeah, it was just this moment where I had hard, a really, really hard day. Three-year-olds are not always easy. And it brought us to a piece in the car and uh we had a lot of we had a lot of fun with it. So I wrote about that. And then of course, you know, um, you know, the songs about, you know, just not thinking about what or caring about what other people say about you. And I thought, wow, that's that's a pretty good message. Uh it's one of those things where I wrote it in like twelve minutes, you know, I wrote it in like twelve minutes and I put it out there. It started with the Good Men project and then Yahoo parenting picked it up and in one day it had like six million views and awesome. of course yeah it was crazy and other essays like the one I'm working on right now about Michael Hutchins the artist um which I'm kind of obsessed with because he. well you know we might talk about that later or in a bit but it I work on other other essays for three year, three months six months they never even get published you know right. somewhere it has uh, like th- five views five <laughs> views yeah and this one I wrote 12 minutes and and um it got like and it, there's a viral chart and you can see it and the one thing, though, that drives me crazy is in the first, like, paragraph, there's there's a subject-verb agreement problem, mm-hmm. and there's a typo, and that's the only thing I can think of is that six million people saw my oh, how funny, saw, because saw, you wrote it so fast. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it so fast, <laughs> but it doesn't matter, you know, no. I mean, you know, you can write it I'm fast. I'm a descriptivist, yes, all Yes, exactly, absolutely, is absolutely, uh, yeah.
0: Well, we'll put a link to the article in yeah. our show notes, Awesome. and now we are going to listen to Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. That was Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. In the studio with me, I have Case Johnston, and he just admitted that that's one of his favorite yeah, songs. Yeah, I did, I did. I, <laughs> but, one of my favorite <laughs> albums.
1: For many of you, you may not have heard it before. Taylor Swift's a pop artist. Uh, many people follow her. Uh, yeah.
0: Not being played on KRCL yeah. very yeah, yeah, often. No, uh-uh. um, but great story. So again, the article will be um, in our show notes. Case Johnston is a local author. He just published a book titled let the Wild Grasses Grow. It was published by Tory House Press last year. Um, Case, we're almost out of time, but I don't want to let you finish with Taylor Swift. Oh, please. Thanks. So um, I'm going to just jump right into your last selection, and I mm. wish we had more time to talk, yeah. but um, it's uh, Elegantly Wasted. Yeah. It's a lovely song and it was really nice to hear it again. I hadn't heard it for a long time because that's like 80s. That's the yeah, my 90, view, yeah, right?
1: yeah, yeah, 90s. It's yeah.
0: Yeah, tell us tell me tell me why you picked that song.
1: Uh, like I said I'm writing this book of essays and and I am so infatuated with Michael Hutchins at the moment. I have you know I I was when I was young and then of course I grew out of it for you know a few decades because you know INXS in the 80s was huge and you know, there's there's something about Mike Legends, and one thing I think Mike Legends, um I think that was a one time in, when I was young that you recognize that there is a fluidity between sexuality, you mm-hmm. know, and I and I didn't realize that until much later in life, but I think I was seeing that as a kid that there's there's a fluid, fluidity in sexuality, and that we are not all these people. Everybody isn't just you know crammed into these 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 uh, sexual boxes, if is, is the way to say it, and. Because um, I was infatuated with him then, and then when he died, they realized after his autopsy that he had, because he was very decadent in life, and they realized that he had, um, he had, um, he the part, front part of his love of his brain had been had been fractured or had been d- damaged, and so he they were saying that he could no longer taste, they could no longer mm. smell, so the things in his life that he loved the most were taken from him, um, and I find that so in incredibly interesting for someone whose life is all about from what people say is all about the senses it's all about the tactile it's all about tasting and eating and sexuality and all of those things does that be kind away. of
0: explain his end better to you it
1: it does you know and I think there of course there's been a lot of discussion about that but a lot of people now you know 20 years later are saying his loss of what he felt life was, you know, and you know, there was other stuff with domestic, domestic stuff with his kids and love and all of those kinds of things, but I just infatuates me um, to kind of dig into all of that into an essay, and to ask why was I was so infatuated with this person, um, and then, you know, and we and and then the way he left and I love. We've talked about it already. I love my wine and I love food and I love life. And I love, I, I head out tomorrow to Oregon to run a 50K. I love living. And so that really speaks to me in this way like, what if that stuff went away? The, your passions went away? How life would feel? How gray and dull. And so I'm really just digging into that. Um, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm obsessed with it. And the Elegant Wasted Tour, we, I actually saw him in Park City for that tour just two months before he before he passed. Oh, how so lucky that it, it was him, cool. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was cool. Um, and so that, it just sticks. And like I said, every song that I picked has something that I can't take away from me when it comes to memory.
0: And that's why you're a writer. I guess so. <laughs> Let's hear I In Excess, Elegantly Wasted.
1: Baby, look at that, that
0: was an Excess, Elegantly Wasted. Um, one of uh, case johnson's favorite songs case is a uh, case johnson is a local writer from ogden he just published the book let the wild grasses grow by Tory house press he joined me tonight it was music meets activism um unfortunately case we're out of time but i have one last question for you mm-hmm. if you did not write if you were not a writer what do you think you would do
1: If I knew what I know now, I would go back and cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd go back to... I I think I would start over and go to culinary school. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe
0: you can still do that.
1: Maybe. If the next book goes wild, then I'll just start cooking.
0: Maybe your (laughs) book about essays about music.
1: Maybe that's it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: I I wish you the best. Again, Let the Wild Grasses Grow. He also (sighs) hosts a podcast called Literally. We'll have in show notes... Um, link to that. And uh, thanks for listening. My name is Tamrika Tsiashvili, and have a great night.